And welcome to the 20th episode of Avocado and Honey. Can y'all believe it? We are 20 episodes deep. I am hella excited and very thankful for every single one of you who continues to listen. You are appreciated. Um, this episode is going to be a little bit different um, from the rest. I'll go ahead and start just by saying, like, giving a little background on me because I'm not sure if I did that yet. But your girl Smanji moved to New York City about two and a half years ago from L.A. I came here to... Uh, basically follow a dream like to chase my dreams and to make shit happen what ended up happening was I ended up uh, discovering myself and a new passion which is this podcast and avocado and honey live which will be premiering next Tuesday May 9th so mark your calendars um so basically I got three other dope chicks who practically did the same thing they packed up their shit moved to a whole nother state most you know very they knew very little people and they chase the dream. They're getting their shit together, and they about to tackle this thing we call life. So, um, yeah. So we have two. I interviewed two dope. Ch- uh, sorry, three dope chicks. Two um, in New York currently, and one over there handling shit in L.A. Um, so yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. All right, y'all. So just as a little disclaimer, I did do three different interviews, and for some reason, I kept saying this next guest. So. Um, ignore that, but I hope you enjoy the interviews with these three dope ass women. And yeah, we'll talk talk at the end. All right, y'all. So our next guest is the lovely Simone. How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. Thank you so much for do- doing avocado and honey. Of course, anything for you, boo. Anything. <laughs> okay, so you are very new to New York City. Yes, I am. Where are you from? I'm originally from California, but Georgia's home for me. Yeah, Atlanta, yeah. right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And what made you move to New York City? I needed to get the hell out of Dodge. Um, honestly, um, I don't know. It was like, so Georgia's more so for people when you're ready to like settle down and like live your little home fi- family life. Mm-hmm. That's what it's really for. But like for me, and being in the art world and you know being an art major, I just couldn't do it anymore. It was really stifling, and I'm like, I got to get out of here. And it was getting frustrating, like every single day waking up and just doing the same mundane things. And I'm like, this is not for me right now. Like, yeah, like a nine not, to five. Yes. Uh, terrible nine to five <laughs> and and so I who brought it to me okay so my my supervisor she quit and she was just like I think you should move to New York and I'm like yeah I would love to but I can't just up and leave and so she was like just think about it so I quit my mm-hmm. job like I, right after she quit I quit and I'm like I don't know what the hell I'm gonna do like <laughs> <laughs> I got bills to pay and I just quit my job and like literally like a week after everything started falling into place. Mm-hmm. Like I've my current, cause I work in interior design. So one of our vendors was opening up a location in Miami and in New York. And I was like, this is heaven sent. Like I, I know the product, this is easy. So, um, I hit him up and I was like, Hey, are y'all looking for somebody? And he was like, this is like destiny. He's like, you're perfect for it. So within like a week I was set in stone with them and I was packing up my stuff and I'm like, I'm going to New York. Like I was so excited. So, um, I just didn't, 
think it was going to work out like that, but it did. That means you're supposed to be here. Yeah. And so <laughs> that's what I keep telling myself. I'm like, Simone, you're like, you're really here. You're really living this fast paced life. So I'm trying to get used to it because Georgia's so slow paced mm-hmm. and, and chill. And everybody up here is just like, boom, boom, boom. So it's a hustle city. It really is. And so, I mean, it's good for me because it's pushing me more as a person and as a woman to like really grind and get on my shit. Mm-hmm. So. How did you like prepare for the move and everything? Do you and also do you have family out here? Um, my dad is originally from Trinidad, but most of his family is here. He grew up in Queens, so mm-hmm. I do have some cousins out, you know, over here in Brooklyn. But I haven't really seen them that much. So, it really, is more so like a few friends, but it's just really me and and you know my roommates. So, mm-hmm. not that many friends, not that many family up here. But everybody else is back home. So like mentally, I was like, all right, I really need to like prepare myself for this because. I've never left home like this far before. Like mm-hmm. I've never been away from my family like this. Like the farthest I went was like four hours away and that was for school, but you know, never been that far away in an unknown territory. So I don't know. It was like, I really had to pray about it. Cause if I didn't and I came up here and it wasn't something that I was supposed to be doing, I feel like I would have been, I would have been screwed. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've left everything like my car, everything, job, all of that. So it's like, I'm leaving everything I know to come up to a foreign place and for you to do that and not really like mentally prepare yourself, you could really screw yourself up. Right. So first thing I really had to do was pray about him. Like, all right, this is a, is this the right move or not? And then once I saw everything falling into place, I'm like, there's no doubt about it. Like mm-hmm. it, everything was just set in stone for me. And it was so easy that it scared me. I'm like, this, <laughs> this process should not be that easy. Like it really should be harder than this down all the way from my plane ticket. Like, I don't know. It was just, it was crazy how it was just set up for me. So. But yeah, it, it worked out. That's dope. And um, have you ever visited New York before moving here? Yeah, I visited like two or three years ago with my school. Like they nominate certain students to come up here to like go gallery hopping and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was one of the students and I'm like, I really want to be here. Like, I don't know how the hell I'm going to get here, but I really want to be here. And two years later, I'm here. You are. I'm, here. I'm a New York resident. So <laughs> I'm excited. I'm still like excited every single day that I wake up. Yeah, no, it's a dope place. Yeah. Especially Brooklyn. Like, yeah. th- my heart is in Brooklyn. Like, there's so much culture here. There's Yo. so much life. I'm like, there's so many black people. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's I so love beautiful, it. right? Right. And it's, just, and it's like, you would think it would be more problems or more crime filled stuff, but it's just, it's like really like community based, which I love. Like, I can go down the block and get soul food if I want. Like, and you go down block and get some healthy shit too. Exactly. Now. Like, exactly. Yeah. So it's like if ever I'm getting homesick or anything like that, I know I have different resources here and I got a community that I can deal with. And, you know, it's good having roommates that, well, yeah, it's really good to have roommates that know the city because mm-hmm. my roommate Vern, she's amazing. Like, I didn't know nothing about looking for apartments or anything like that. And I'm like, look, I found a brownstone with five bedrooms. And she's like, bro, that's a scam. Like, yeah, like- stop looking at that. And I'm all excited. Like, no, it was only like $300. So why not? So it's good to have somebody who like has your back and, you know, who wants their best interest for you. And mm-hmm. if you got, if you need anything, she has me. So it's always good to have a foundation and people who are supporting you in, in the whole process of that. So. So, yeah, it's, it's been good. I'm having fun. <laughs> That's good. Um, I feel like, it's, you know, I moved from L.A. to here. Yeah. And mm-hmm. be- before coming here, I just had all these expectations. Like, yeah. I'm going to be there two years, get there, boom, boom, bop, boom. I'm going to do this. Yep. And then, you know, I'll be back in L.A. in three. How did that work <laughs> out? Did it work <laughs> out like that? Did it work It'll out It'll be like three that? years in January. <laughs> I'm still in fucking New York City. I mean, I still love it, y'all. But, like, you know, your girl's still struggling and still getting shit together. So yeah. what were your expectations? And then, like, what was, like, the real shit that happened when you arrived here. Like when I got here, I'm like, like I, everything with like <laughs> finding apartments and yeah, all that. That jazz. was the big one. I was like, I'm going to have my own studio apartment overlooking the city and this, <laughs> that, and the third. And I'm just going to be making all this money. And I'm like, 
Yeah, um, for like the first couple of weeks, I'm like, I'm about to go to Dollar General, only Dollar Tree, and get some groceries there because, <laughs> you know, this whole mentality of I'm just going to live this lavish life is not really happening right now, but it's okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the apartment hunting is, that was like the worst thing ever. Like after like three places, we were like, I don't want to look for anything else. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just about to settle right now. And my expectations were, I'm going to have this awesome life. I'm going to be creating my art and having shit at the you know in the museums and stuff in the galleries and I have not created anything since I've been here like I have not like painted I haven't drawn I haven't done any of my stuff like all it's been doing is just work Mm -hmm. and I know I came up here for that whole reason was to get on my shit and get back to creating again but it's like I'm kind of like falling backwards a little bit of not getting you know getting my shit done so it's like I'm trying to like get myself together because I'm getting a little too comfortable with the same mentality of waking up, going into the office. Back like you're doing it in back, Atlanta. Exactly. I'm like, I know damn well I did not come all the way up here just to be doing the same things, mm-hmm. you know, that I was doing back at home. So what do you think like you need to do in order to prevent mm-hmm. that from happening? Stop procrastinating and, and believe that I can keep doing what I was doing before because I because I didn't finish school. Like I left like right. I don't know. I probably like left my I'm st- I'm almost a senior, so I left kind of like in the middle of that mm-hmm. and like in, to come here. So it was either stay for school or come here, and I'm like, I can do something else or I can do online classes or whatever. And I feel like school, even though I hated it so much, it kept me focused and it kept me like on a routine of creating stuff. Like it, it pushed me to have my deadlines and everything knocked out. And so when I got out of that to come here, I guess I lost that stamina of just getting stuff done and I'm trying to get that back and trying to get organized. And I feel like until I'm organized, like in my head, I'm not going to be organized to do anything else. And I feel like they are making me think now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like I really just need to get back on my shit again. Yeah. It's just really, start working. Yeah, I really do. Well, it's summer. So it's going to be a whole bunch of inspiration around the city. Yes. And I think seasonal depression is a very real thing. Like, and it, the winters out here is are real. And I moved in the dead of winter and I'm like, this is, this sucks. Like, I, I've never experienced real snow. Like, you know, in Georgia, we had one inch, and it was, like, a state of emergency to shut the whole state down. Like, but up here, there's, like, it's real-life snow. So I like guess, your fingers like, will fall off. Exactly. And I'm like, now I got to wear layers. I didn't buy a coat until I moved here. Like, I didn't have to buy any of this stuff until I moved here. So I guess that was part of it. Just, like, I don't know, like, seasonal depression and just depression in itself and mm-hmm. just not believing in myself. Like, Simone, you're not in school right now, so you really – what are you going to do? You really don't have anything to, to push or to put out there. And I'm like, I can, I can still do it with or without it. Like, yeah, but I, you got to give yourself some credit. Like you need to hold another state and you have to get established, get mm-hmm. money first to pay rent and go. eat. Yeah. And then you got to work on the art because you got to live first. I think I was just trying to do too much at once. Like, okay, I got to do this, 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 instead of just saying, Hey, you did this part, you did the big thing. And that was leaving and having the courage to actually leave. And me, I'm just like, okay, I got to do this, this, that, and the third. And I try to do it all at once instead of just taking it one day at a time and just mm-hmm. trying to breathe. And I feel like I put so much pressure on myself. And so when I don't live up to my own expectations, I just like fall into like a rut. Yeah. And it's hard as hell to get out of it. Well, well you, you looking good. So I mean, eat, you're handling it very well, <laughs> but I know exactly what you're talking about, but mm-hmm. you got to just keep going. You got to just yeah. keep going. But now that you've been here for six months. Yeah. And you've experienced the city and mm-hmm. you've been through whatever struggles and all the greatness and everything. What mm-hmm. would you go back um, six months from like ago and tell Simone before moving to New York City? Like, what would you warn her? I would warn her about it. I would warn myself about guarding my heart, like in all aspects and not just like with 
like relationships or anything like that with like a significant other but just like in general with people because I'm such like an open person and Mm -hmm. just give 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 and to the point where I'm like shit I don't have anything left and I never ever put myself first and my best friend told me this like a few weeks ago she's like you have such a big heart but she was like you don't have a big heart for yourself she said you have a big heart for everybody else and not you and I'm like and I and I don't pay attention to that. Like, I'll give you my last, and then I'll try to figure out how am I going to take care of myself after I've already done that. And I still want to be able to give, but I still want to be able to give to myself at the same time and not lose that because I end up losing myself trying to trying to help other people. And I, that happened to me here. So I would definitely, like, tell myself that again. Like, put yourself first. Like, your mental health first. You Every, for yeah. Everything. Like, every part of you first. And then whatever's left over, you give that out to everybody else. And it was always the opposite for me. So. I feel like you are in my fucking brain. Like, we are, like, the same person. Soul sister. Yo. <laughs> and I have to tell my, I think. I always tell this to people, and mm-hmm. then that's when I was like, I have, I know I'm like, I'm supposed to be interviewing you, but like, now no. we just talking. Yeah. But like, um, oh yeah, I used to tell people this, and then I realized, like, yo, I need to take my own fucking advice. Yeah. But I used to tell people, like, listen to what they say on the planes. Like, you gotta take care of yourself, yourself before you can take care of anyone else. And that, like, is, like the, that is like a gem right there. Word. Nobody ever listens to that. Yeah. Like, ever. <laughs> You're like, okay, I'm over this, but that is the gem. And I never understood that of why would I help myself first when they need me? And it's like, you won't be any help. You ain't no good to nobody mm-hmm. if, if you out. So I'm like, Okay, it finally makes sense. Yeah, so I was like, let me start listening, to taking my own damn advice. Exactly. Is what it is. But uh, that's dope. That's dope. That's really inspiring too. Thank so, you. what do you need to work on? Like, what is your like? What What do you do, Simone? Um, like, what do I do at night? Like, what am I? What do I move? What is your like your <laughs> What is your art? Like your my art. Like art your, your is, crea- what is the cre- who is the creative Simone? Uh, the creative Simone is empowering Black women, but in a way where I want them to be the focal point and and not me like I want them to be so beautiful to the point where they they realize that they are and a lot of the women that I use they're they're not models or anything like that I use literally like my friends people mm-hmm. that I don't know that I'm trying to get to know like that's what my work is and Cola Booth like she she's amazing and she had this one quote it's kind of long but to summarize it she was basically saying that the black woman is the most unprotected and unloved woman on earth and she's the only flower that can bloom unwatered and i'm like well well, damn yeah (laughs) you just gave us the epitome of us right there so pretty much my work is is that in itself i use floral in just about all of my stuff but in like your paintings no well yeah in my paintings but more recently i've been working on like my mixed media work so Mm -hmm. i use like epoxy resin dried floral because my mom used to have a garden so I would just take all her shit Mm -hmm. but that and and just images so I would photograph them I would either use film and then you know develop it and print it or I would just use digital but um it I really which do you prefer I really do prefer film but it's just a it's harder to to do your own darkroom work Mm -hmm. and not have access to it so it was easier when I was in school but trying to do that I might like pass out trying to do that in my closet or something (laughs) but um but no I really love the process of film because it requires more more time Mm -hmm. and more patience whereas you know with digital it's cool it's quick it's fast and it gets the job done but I don't know I I just enjoy the process of it and just being in in that room by myself but 
Um, but yeah, I use a lot of floral in my work and I don't know, resin is like one of my new favorite mediums now because mm-hmm. um, it's so hard to manipulate. And if you are using a certain, like a, if I'm using a certain flower and it's not completely dried, like it'll instantly kill it or just certain papers that I try to use with it. So I like it because of the challenge and just because of the whole chemical process with it. But I love you know, just the end result of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, my newest, my current pieces that I have, um, I sent those off to Boston and it was, um, oh, sorry. <laughs> I sent it off to Boston and it was interesting because where it went, it's a predominantly white museum, photography mm-hmm. museum. So when I saw, cause I didn't get to go to the, the, um, the gallery opening, but like I saw the photos of it and it was just like hella white people. Like, there was like no black people in there. <laughs> so it was cool that they asked me to, you know, present my work there. Um, and to just to see, you know, white people's reaction to all these bomb ass black girls on the wall <laughs> covered in flowers. Um, so I was really proud of that and I was happy for the girls. Um, because this was my first time actually having my own show, like my own gallery opening by myself. Um, and it was, up there with another girl who had her own who her own area but no I was really happy they were happy and it's really just me wanting to put as many black girls in the forefront as possible mm-hmm. and um it was good just to have my friends girls who were like you know from the hood and some are that are from the suburbs just different get, types of black girls exactly get in their spotlight and I made sure you know I, I wanted a full range of tones but in each photo, everybody has the same complexion. Like, I didn't want to be no light skin versus dark skin or anything like that. Like, everybody had the same tone. So mm-hmm. it, it kept the consistency to where you weren't diverting to, oh, let me go look at her. Let me go look at her. No, you you look at the same girls. We're all the same women. So I wanted to keep that consistency. And, um, and yeah, so I'm trying to push that more. And then, just like I was telling you earlier with the diary, um, as of right now, it's only – it's only black women who've been who've written in the diary, but I mean, it really doesn't make a difference to me. But it's that's how it's always been so far. So with the diary, you know, each girl gets to write in it. She gets to create her name. So if she wants to be honey blonde or whatever she wants to be, you write whatever you want. And it's some girls you can, you know, they've written to each other in it, and others are just writing their random thoughts in it. And I wanted it to be a source because it's like people don't take mental health very seriously nowadays and it's very frustrating. So it's like, what can I do to give you an outlet for you to do that and write whatever you want to write about and, and not have anybody judge you. So, you know, so I was telling you one girl wrote about, you know, her different feelings toward, you know, being bisexual and another girl was writing about how she's in love with this guy, but she's pretty much the side chick. And, and then when she gets the diary again, she's now with somebody who loves her. So it's, it was beautiful to like to see the pro- progression from what they wrote about like two years ago compared to where they are now. And that's what I wanted. I wanted to be a source of growth. So when you go back, you're like, damn, I really went through that, but look where I'm at now. Um, I have a question so, really quick. Yeah, go ahead, Beth. So with the, the diary, so like, for example, if I were to writing it, uh, yeah. when would I get the diary back again? It's like whenever it's just, you want it. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm like, I'll randomly hit you up and be like a month later. Like, I usually try to give you some time to like do your thing. And if there's any changes or in your life, I want you to be able to grow within between each writing. So if something changes within like two weeks and you're like, hey, can I write? <laughs> You, of course you can. So I just let it travel. You can keep it as long as you want. I usually give everybody like a couple weeks just to like fill it out. Mm-hmm. Cause some people are like, I don't know what to write. And I'm yeah. like, you can write, Hey, the sky is blue right now. Or write about chicken nuggets. I don't know. And then just, life happened. Yeah, exactly. And you, exactly. <laughs> exactly. you never know what could happen in your days. So you write about whatever. I don't care how mundane or 
super dumb you think it is just right and then i usually keep it and then maybe like a month or two later i'll hit you up and be like do you want it again and mm-hmm. you're like yeah there's hella stuff i got going on let me write and just you know and splurge on it so it's really up to you and where if you want to wait a year before you write to see how the changes are it's more so for you than it is for me and then once i feel like it's it's reached its point of being done for that first book i want to get that published get the girl some money you know do something for y'all and then start the next one and that's amazing keep it going because and it's just a way for everybody to be a help to each other without having to know each other Mm because some of the girls do know each other so that's why i have to keep it anonymous because i don't want everybody to know each other's business Mm -hmm. so and then you know once you know who's writing you you have this stigma in your head like oh that was jessica like and you start thinking negatively or anything and it doesn't need to be that way people are more honest when it's anonymous exactly and you can relate to somebody that you might know but you you don't need to know that you know them so so yeah you're right that's really that's amazing. That's so you. amazing that you that you started it. Thank you. Was it a struggle to start or was it just like I'm going to do this now? Um it wasn't actually a struggle. Um it was a struggle because let me see. It really wasn't but it kind of was. It was just hard to like get it to everybody cuz I I needed it done by a certain time for like to uh, part of the series cuz I was taking photographs too at the same time. So okay. every girl that wrote, I photographed them in their room like but I gave them time to like just get fluid and like natural because I'm like, "All right, there's a fo- there's a, you know, a camera in front of you. I don't need you posing." So I would spend like a good 2 hours before I got the perfect shot of them just like in their natural state like hair wild or just you know sitting off staring in his space i wanted to capture them as them and not like okay let me let me vogue real quick yeah yeah so i mean it wasn't really hard it was just frustrating like trying to get it to travel and then i lost it like I actually like lost it. Like the mail, the mailman took it. <laughs> like I almost cried because I hit one of the girls. I was like, Hey, I'm about to come and get it. And she was like, I thought you already picked it up. And I was like, no, what do you mean? And she was like, I put it in the mailbox. And I was like, Oh my God. No. <laughs> so apparently the mailman took it. And just for anybody who wants to know this, <laughs> if you leave anything in the mailbox, it is a, it's actually the property of the USPS and oh. they can take it. So I had to call the post office and try to track down the mail carrier who went to her house. By the way, that's hard as hell. <laughs> and I was like, hey, I left something in there. I need it back. And she was like, and she yelled at me. And she's like, I'll do my best to try to hunt her down. Thank God we were able to find her and she and she brought it back to me. And I'm like, note to self, never do that again. Don't put random stuff in the mailbox. I did not know that. Why, but was either. it like labeled or anything? No, like, it was just the diary. And, and he just took it? Or the, yeah, no he just took it. Like, I'm like... There was no stamp. It's there was obvious no, it's not mail. Exactly. And she's like, well, it's actually the, your, she's like, your mailbox is not your property. It's the USPS. And I'm like, well, that's good to know. Yeah. I'm like, that's still rude, but, yeah, um, but okay. Good to know. <laughs> Duly noted. So I was terrified because it was done. And I'm like, oh my God, I actually lost this thing. So. Was it um, a lot of entries in there? Yeah. That, so I had nine girls writing it and they wrote like pages. Some of them were actually writers. So they wrote okay. more. Um, and then other girls were just like, random thoughts like oh i wonder if my dad was around would i be a lesbian like just random things like that so that's what i wanted it to be i just wanted it to be just something for people to anybody could read it and be like i relate to honey blonde or i relate to so-and-so so that's so dope i appreciate you doing that thank you yo yeah you're definitely doing your part especially when it comes to like mental health awareness yeah i'm trying because it's like if i'm experiencing and if i can help in any way or shed a light on it i'm i try to do it my best in a way that i know i can you know get to people with it y'all i'm so happy i'm doing this interview girl you are so fucking dope like yeah you blowing my day i'm so happy you're here (laughs) (laughs) i'm so happy to be here yo we met on instagram just like i met like courtney on it 
Instagram too, y'all. Like Instagram, y'all need to make some friends on fucking It really Instagram, does. It's out here like, just saving relationships yo. and making new ones. I'm telling you. <laughs> when you down, just go compliment someone. Just make a new friend. You never and know what'll like, happen. Cheer each other out and support each other if you ain't got nobody else physically there in your life. Go. But um okay, so I'm gonna go into the uh to to love a black woman. Do you wanna like share anything else before we go into the, the segment? Uh or do you wanna give any tips or I anything? Mean, nah? Um, let me see. I'm not a fan of coconut oil. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think I think I'm good. Yeah, no. Well, after this like um, little interview, I'm really excited to hear what you're gonna say about to love a black woman. So, as you all know, to love a black woman, uh, Simone, she gets to say something she loves about herself, or she can say something that she loves about um, a black woman in particular. So, like your mother, sister, cousin, auntie, or you can say something that you love about black women in general. Okay, you're on. <laughs> <sighs> to love a black woman, um. Honestly, I I love being a black woman and I love it because we're ethereal. Like we we are just very effervescent. We're very delicate, but we're strong and we can do anything. Like we hold the universe in our womb and and it's not just only black women, but it's the fact that us as black women, we there is no end and there's no stop to what we can do and who we are and I honestly like I thank my mom for instilling this amount of love in me to love myself, but not only myself, but every woman around me, despite, you know, what we go through, despite any battles that we have with each other at the end of the day, it's, it's still all love. And like I said, Cola Booth put it perfectly. We grow without water. There is no stopping us. We come out of the ground, we sprout, we bloom, we are beautiful. And I I mean, I love y'all and I love us. So that, that was beautiful. Oh, my goodness. Yo, you made my night. This is really great. <laughs> I'm really glad you hear some angie. <laughs> where can the people find you and your work and everything? Um, You can catch me in the streets. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. Um, So my Instagram is Simone.Elena. It's S-Y-M-O-N-E dot E-L-E-N-A. And um, for my photo stuff, it's F-W photography. Dot com. So, yeah, I mean, that's where you can find me or, you know, you can text me at. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, <laughs> of my course. goodness. Like, I'm like, like really like chilled right now. But on the inside, like I'm doing all kinds of black, black ah, backflips that I can't do in real life. I, yeah, I can't either. No. I, but mm-hmm. in my head, I'm like doing all kinds of cartwheels and shit. I'm with you, boo. Yeah, I appreciate you. you. Of course. <laughs> that's so what bad. I'm here for. <laughs> All right, y'all. So our next guest, she's all the way in L.A. She's holding shit down. I'll go ahead and actually let her introduce herself. Hey, y'all. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> um, my name is Courtney Burns. I go uh, go by Courtney Ari online. I am not really sure what the hell I'm doing, but I'm starting to kind of brand myself as what I like to call a multimedia professional mm-hmm. and or personality. I have my B.A. in mass media for okay. radio broadcasting and television broadcasting. I have a Beautiful. pretty deep radio background. Right now, I'm not doing radio yet, but um, I co-host a web show, talk show, however you want to phrase it, on YouTube. It's called No Filter, and we're just getting, you know, just trying to figure shit out. I don't know. I'm just going with it. <laughs> well, that's dope, and uh, what's even more dope is the fact that you moved across the country to go ahead and tackle these uh, everything that you need to do in order to make this dream uh, career come alive. So where are yes. you from and where are you living? Well, I am from California originally. I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I went to school and I went to Kent State University for two years of my undergrad and I graduated from the University of Akron mm-hmm. with my BA. 
And then I moved here literally the day after I graduated. I was thirsty as hell. <laughs> Waste no time. And yes, and it'll be a year that I've been in LA on the 16th. Ah, that's so exciting. So, yes. When did you move away from LA? So, like, do you remember anything about LA before going to like? I don't. Actually, okay. I'm from Anaheim, Orange County, that type of area. Um, I was really little. So you from Cleveland, girl? Good. You from Cleveland? Yeah, 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 I am. <laughs> I am. But I was thirsty to be like, I moved back. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm not. You know. But yes, I am. Bitch, I'm from Cleveland. <laughs> that's but so yes. lit. Okay, so yes. why LA? Like, why did you decide to move to LA? Um, well, I've had, I've always had the desire to be here. I've lived here and I would visit as a kid because my dad and all of my cousins, aunties, uncles, and them live over here, all over, spread out around Inglewood, Corona, like hey. Apple Valley, like all around California. And I've just known Cleveland. Cleveland has been really good to me. I like, you know, I'm from Cleveland. Mm -hmm. Um, it taught me all that I know. It grew me into a woman that I am and I'm still learning, you know, obviously. <laughs> right. But I just, I just had the urge for something different. For one, there's no fucking snow here. That's A+. Great. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, and I just like being here. There's always so much going on around here. You do have to hustle because it's a lot more expensive. Mm -hmm. So when I do have time, it's just nice to just walk around and stuff. It's just a different change of scenery. It's just more lax. Um, there's tons of opportunity here. You just... You never know who you're going to meet. Everyone's Everyone that I've met is a go-getter, and they're, you know, trying to do something. Mm -hmm. So... Um, not that it's not the case like that in Cleveland, because Cleveland, I mean, you're going to work your ass off. I don't come from a silver spoon. Like, it's a very family-oriented city. Like, everyone knows everyone. It's a very small town. But honestly, it's just, it's just a little bit different. I just, I won't stay here forever. Um, I don't see myself in one place at all. But mm -hmm. right now, I'm starting off in L.A., and it's my first big move. And thank God I'm not homeless, and I'm just trying to figure it all out. Yes, that's definitely a blessing to not be homeless. Um, did yes. you know anyone in L.A. before you moved there? The, the closest person that the person I'm closest to here is my uncle. Mm -hmm. um, he's Chris. His name is Chris Terry. He moved out here after he graduated college. Mm -hmm. And um, he's out here. He's a dancer. Right now he's on tour with Ariana Grande. Okay. So that's the closest person I know here. I stayed with him, slept on his couch for a good portion of my time here. And he's been nothing but supportive. So that's my role, like, for real. That's, like, my best friend. We're pretty much brother and sister, despite him literally being my uncle. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I know a few people out here. Other than that, it's, I've just been meeting people, like, through my several jobs that I have to have to be able to pay for stuff here. Mm -hmm. And so pretty much I'm new in town. I know I can count, like, five people I know. Well, that's end, dope so. that you have that the, the support there, though. Yes. And how... Sure. How did you prepare, like, mentally and stuff before? Like, did you have to, like, did you have, like, any second guesses or anything before, like, moving to L.A.? Like, what was that like? Well. Or you just knew, one, like, I'm going. Family, yeah, I, I kind of both. I just, well, no, my, mainly the latter. Since, like, I my decision to, like, go to college from high school, like, I was really, we, me and my family are very, very close. Like, it's not just, like, oh, your mom, your dad, your siblings. It's, like, my auntie, my second cousins like we're all like all of us like we all roll deep together and like hang out on a like everyday basis mm -hmm. so it was really tough for me even when I was like deciding where I was going to go to college I got a full ride to OU which is like four four hours away from my home and that's where Chris went to school mm -hmm. um and I just went to Kent State because I was like they're giving me a little bit of money and it's a little bit closer so I was very very nervous to leave to begin with and I wanted to go to Howard and like I wanted to leave but then I was like I don't think I'm ready 
But I don't know, something switched, and I was like, look, fuck this shit. I need to get the hell out of Cleveland. Like, I just I just can't be here. Like, my last semester of college was so difficult because I was just like, oh, whatever, I'm moving to L.A. Like, I'm over <laughs> this shit. I was, like, real big-headed about it. And a lot of uh, my family, out of, only out of protection, they doubted it. Not that they didn't think I could succeed here, but they were just like, well, don't you want to get a job there first so you have something to go into or, like, you know, do you want to visit first and find an apartment? I came out here last January, and I, like I said, my uncle's been living here. I came, just went around the city. I didn't do any actual productive work, to be honest. I was just, <laughs> I was just in love being here. And then I just moved my ass out, and you know, I have employment now, thankfully. But I didn't have any of the, everything like sorted out at all. Pretty much, it's very risky what I did. Again, so I don't take that lightly. Thank God I'm not homeless, because I, I mean, it's expensive to tell you. Yeah. Um. But I really just had to, I literally, that's sacrifice right there. That's the biggest move I've ever made in my life. And I'm so glad I did. Because a lot of times I look back, like I said, I have to work like, you know, at Starbucks and retail jobs. At some, at the, one time I had three jobs at once and it was fucking dumb. Like I couldn't even do anything but go to work, Damn. come home, go to sleep and get ready to go back to work. It was really, really tough. But it was paying the bills. And then I, you know, started to second guess, like, did I even need to go to college? Because a lot of people just come out here and just do whatever they want. Right. Oh, my and, goodness. Or, or, like, on social media, you could just pop just from, you know. Being, being cute and, like, post, yes. like, a fly fic pic and get it, likes. It's so crazy. Wait, but you exactly. say you work at Starbucks? Yeah, I do. Yo, when I first moved to New York, <laughs> that was my first job. And I was watching your No Filter uh, po- or YouTube, and you were talking about that shit. And I'm just like, yo, how does she know the struggle? I did not know you were yes. a, a barista we, partner. Yes, <laughs> me, and my co- me and my co-host, Sean Dylan Perry, we are both um, partners. Oh, really? Oh, that's so cool. We're co-workers. Yeah, we're co-workers. That's so cool. You guys are, like, a really good, like, duo. Or is it going to be a trio still or duo? I don't, I don't wait. I'll wait. We'll, we'll talk about No Filter in a bit. Yeah, <laughs> Look, yeah, now yeah, I'm going yeah. off. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> But, I'll explain. But, um, yeah, it was very tough, and I began to question, like, which is it's just dumb. You always start to question, like, am I, am I like, built for this? Am I supposed to be doing this? Mm-hmm. Couldn't I be doing something simpler? I think all the time, like. Um, but then you'd be like, I'm working hard. I need to treat myself. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm, I need yeah. to go out. Like, I've been working hard. Because I, I, I could be having a job. I could have worked at my mom's company and had a shoe-in for a job and been paid and had a roof over my head, my mom helping me with bills and stuff. I would have been able to have my car out out there. I would have had my own space. It would have been much more comfortable, but comfortable is not where it's at for me. Exactly. I'm constantly thinking, I'm a Pisces, so I have trouble accepting reality in general. I'm a very big dreamer. (laughs) I'm very unrealistic at times, but that's just, I don't think that I could perceive anything in my mind if it weren't at all possible. So here I am in LA. I'm trying to figure it out. Okay, so when you first arrived to LA, like, what did you expect and what happened? <laughs> and like what did you get when you arrived to LA? Like well, not a, like just like um, just overall, not just like career-wise and everything, just like the city. Well, and- first time I came out here, I well, when I first got here, I should say, um, I don't know. I thought I was just going to come in. <laughs> like I got I had a, a an evening flight. I got in like midnight almost. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to just like go get some food with my family and then just go home, wake up and then just be on the grind to get a new job. Um, Cause I transferred from my retail job that I had in Ohio. So thank oh, God. But yeah. So I hate that place. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I just thought it was going to be real chill, but my family had like this, this little kickback and I was like, oh, I want to go to sleep. <laughs> and ended up walking at like two in the morning to Carl's juniors. It just ran up my tail. And I was like, yeah, I'm young. I'm doing crazy stuff. <laughs> I wasn't doing crazy though. <laughs> but it 
was just chill. And then on the like job side of things, like I said, I thought I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I had so much momentum when I was in um, college because just briefly, like when I was at Kent State, I was on um, Black Score Radio. I was a DJ. I and 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 they had hyped it up like, oh, you might not get in like your first semester. And I got in. I was like, bitch, <laughs> I'm in here. Boo-boo. I'm just supposed to be where I'm at. So I was on there for um, two semesters, and then I applied to be a music coordinator, and I actually got that position. I was like, what? I don't know what's going on. I did that, and then um, this is also where you know that comfort comes into play. Are mm-hmm. you are you just trying to be comfortable? Or are you trying to you know get this paper? Right. So <laughs> I ended up transferring out of Akron, and I love Kent so much, but the program just wasn't specific to radio because everyone, all of my classes were about like news broadcasting and like talk show segments and stuff like that on tv mm-hmm. they even like in our textbooks is like radio is a dying industry and i was like nah i still feel like i can make it pop though so <laughs> i transferred to akron where i was on wzip and again like right out the gate i was like up under everybody like and it was actual class there for credit i was like in everybody's face i didn't know anybody at that school i was like hey i'm about to watch you do your on-air shift okay girl i'm about to get on your nerves that's fine that's fine <laughs> i applied i got in i got my first um air shift um, I applied to be a music programming director. I introduced new programming. It's called Late Night Local Talent. And um, we just spot, I would just go around the city interviewing artists and stuff like that, go to shows. And, like, I was really popping. Like, we had a showcase. And then since I've graduated, they continued on the program. Oh, it's wow. Like, it's cool. Like, I really made an impact. So, of course, I moved out here like, I got a degree. I'm for sure about to get a job. But, nah, nigga. That's not how it works at all. <laughs> so... I'm still doing my little retail shit and, um, you know, it's paying the bills, but I'm just, you know, you know, you just got to be patient. That's like the name of the game for sure. Nothing is handed to you. Mm-hmm. If you have an entitled, um, attitude, you got to really check yourself and maybe listen to some Kendrick and <laughs> sit your ass yeah, down. <laughs> sit down for sure. And also realize it, it may seem like a negative outlook, but what I'm realizing in LA is there's a lot more people than there are jobs for sure. Yeah. So, um, A lot of the jobs, especially if it's in the industry, you're going to have to take internships, which is really tough because I didn't intern in college or anything. So it's kind of hard to do it because they want you to be a student Mm -hmm. so they don't have to pay you. Right. Um, But a lot of the jobs are part-time phone screener, part-time event staff, and you go to shows and stuff like that. So it's a little humbling because you feel like you got that degree. You should be making, like, you know, some some money because you got, you know, the title behind you, but you got to grind like everyone else. Right. Um, and which, uh, which radio station, oh, sorry. Uh, which radio stations are you listening to out there in LA? Um, I listen to Power 106. I listen to Dash Radio, which just has a whole bunch of random stuff. Sirius is in the same vein. Um, Real you don't listen to Big Boy? Yeah, Real 92. Oh, okay, yeah, because I, I, remember, I remember when I moved here to New York, they, like, did that whole switch with Power 106, and what is it? Is, yeah. is it 92? Power, what is the other one? Is it 92.3? The Beat, or yeah. is, it, is it The it's Beat? The, it's Real 92.3. Oh, real, because I remember back in the day, it was 92.3, The Beat. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. I, I don't know what's going on, yeah, but they, that's... they switched over. They have a new um, owner and everything. They have, they changed the frequency. Well, they didn't change the frequency. It's the same station, but they just changed the formatting. And it's very similar and very comparable to Power 106, but each station's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Power 106 has a cruise show, and they just have that, like, familial aspect. They always have, like, the best interviews. Well, Real 92 does, too, but they're much more of a... Wait, you think Power 106 have the uh, best interviews? I think so. I like Big Boy. Like, Big Boy is like the breakfast club to New York, and Big Boy is like yes. that for me in L.A. So whatever yes. station he's on is the one I'm listening to. But, yeah, um, they're, on, they're on the come up for sure, but like I said, they're relatively new. Like, 
everyone knows Power 106. Yeah, um, and that's what it is. They know Real 92 also, but it's, it's, it's newer. I'm mm-hmm. not going to lie. It's tough to make um, that, that change. But for sure, he's a legend. I've always respected him and everything. He's really, really good. Um, and that's encouraging me because... I heard media, they have some shit going on, so I'm not even, I don't even know what's going on there, but I'm looking, you know, I'm looking for openings at any station, mm-hmm. really, just to get my, just to get my foot in the door, but they're both very respected. Um, yeah. So. And uh, I have one more, tight. I have one more question about, like, moving and chasing dreams and all that. Um, so now that you've been in L.A. for a year, you've been, like, you know, you got the jobs and everything, and you had your expectations and you faced reality now that you know all this stuff, if you can go back and tell yourself a year ago what to do and what to prepare for before going to L.A., what would you tell yourself? Hmm. Let's see. I would have networked a lot more. In Cleveland or was, in um, L.A.? Just in general. Okay. Um, I do have a mentor. His name is Jimmy Malone. He um, works at a station for iHeartMedia in Cleveland. I did what's called my senior project. If you went to Shaker, <laughs> Shaker Heights High School, um, in Cleveland, you know that you have the option of either staying and doing your finals, which, girl, whew, I'm glad I didn't have to do that. <laughs> or you could, like, if you knew what you a little bit about what you wanted to do and go into college for, you could do a senior project. It was 30 days. You didn't have to, like, come to school and classes. And you would basically just observe someone on the job, whether that be hospitality management or broadcast, like I observed, or I don't know if you can get to somebody at the Cleveland Clinic or something. Whatever you wanted to do, you can go out and observe, and they will sign off on it, and you would get your credit, and then it'll be like, you can graduate, girl. Mm-hmm. So um, I did that with Jimmy Malone. He's actually a Shaker alum, and I know he went to school with my grandmother, so I was connected to him that way. And he's just been with me every step of the way. I sent him my resumes. I sent him my like air checks and demos. I showed him my website and everything, and he just gives me tons of feedback. He's also connected me to a few people. Um Jeff Fox for Sirius in New York. He's I've talked to him and he's given me a lot of advice. I also just meet hella people just working at Starbucks. Like we met Nicole Brown. She's very inspirational. And she actually was it's so funny how this works out. She was actually music programming director for WZIP too. She went to Akron. Mm-hmm. So it's just funny how people how God puts you puts people in your path. Right. So anything that I can learn, I hit up these people and I'm like, I'm I'm rough around the edges i'm not a professional all the way yet i'm still here to improve and grow in in my craft so i look for that for sure but um still i wish i had a little bit more networking experience i'm 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 not a shy person obviously i have a big ass mouth but (laughs) you know you get a little intimidated and stuff like that when you're in cleveland like there's the same people that's been on the radio since you were a kid till now like Mm -hmm. it's like it's like set in stone those people are like like prophets in the city like you know their name you know their voice like steph floss like he's starting to get recognized internationally since he works with drake and stuff now Mm -hmm. but you know him so it's very intimidating to go down to the station and you know sitting with them like i have um robin simone she used to work there she works at um wtak now in cleveland so it's just really tough i don't know I wish I'd intern, and it's a lot of little just technicality type things. Mm-hmm. But um, most importantly, I realized I wish I brought my damn car. Like, so <laughs> yes, so girl. Simple. You should have driven to L.A. Look, Uber and Lyft is like a bill, girl. Like, it's almost rent. <laughs> girl, yes. But then is your, is your car paid off and all that? Yeah, I have Girl, you should have driven it <laughs> out there to L.A. You need a car I out know. there. I was being a punk. I was like, I don't want to drive this whole days long trip like and you're by yourself so yeah i really wish i did but you know that'll come you can go get Um, it can't you other than that other than yeah well i gave it to a family member oh okay i can't really take it back (laughs) (laughs) but um i thought 
thought about it though. <laughs> but but yeah, networking is like super super important. Even if it's just like okay, you used to laugh at those people that be like, hey, listen to my mixtape, like nigga, no. Like, but <laughs> you gotta really put yourself. Out you do. Like, know your name. You feel like, for everyone now, like fuck. Yeah, yeah I wish I could I'm support like, all I y'all. I should have listened to his mixtape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is my karma. <laughs> yes. But, like, even, like, you, Ange, like, I see you posting, like, putting your little stickers and your little flyers all around New York. Like, that's the shit. Like, you have to. And social media is so imperative to be like, in this industry. So, I would say, like, number one, networking. That would help out a lot to know somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and other than that, just, like, like I said to begin with, like, just being humble. Nothing is handed to you. No matter what your accolades are, you still have to have experience, and then you gotta. You can't get the job to get the experience because you don't have experience. <laughs> it's just this. It's just this vicious cycle. But you just have to be committed. Any opportunity that you have to go meet people or to get anywhere near this, like I'm doing this interview, like you want, you need to jump at it. You need mm-hmm. to like get your name out there for sure. Also, I'm doing it because you know we follow each other on Instagram. <laughs> Your pictures is cute. You got a podcast, all that. Girl, yeah, that's the but, <laughs> but still, you definitely want to, you know, get your name out there. Yeah, you know, exhausting because it's all like I said. There's always something going on, but that knowing people is huge. And definitely. It doesn't take away from going to school. I'm still glad that I did go to school, but I feel like networking is a bigger part of it. To be honest, it's about who you know. Yeah, and but just I- staying patient and and just still working hard in silence. Yeah, and it'll come. It'll come. I know it will. I was surprised that you even said um, networking as something that you wish you would have done more because I mean, like you were saying, like we met on. I haven't even met you in person. Like we met on Instagram, <laughs> and you were telling me how you were moving to um, to LA and all that, and I thought that was so dope. So then I'm like, I'm about to watch her. I'm about to see how you know. And you are doing a damn thing. Like you are working Thank hard, you. and you are moving. You are doing shit. Like you're no filter. YouTube is lit as fuck. Like I just like watched all the videos and I'm just like, yo, like that connection with you and the the guy co-host. I don't remember his name, but yo, John, John, yeah, like that last one. All right, let's go ahead and start talking about the No Filter podcast. Or yes. I keep saying podcast, but uh, YouTube. It's kind of a podcast, but I was like, podcast is like audio, whatever, <laughs> talk show, however you want to call it. I mean, it's it's there. It okay, well, what is the uh, what is the No Filter YouTube? No filter. We call it this. It's like a talk show. Mm-hmm. Um, to begin with, I li- this literally started from me tweeting. Um, any black girls in LA want to start a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, Sean is not a black girl, but he's a black boy in LA, and he's he's hella hilarious. Like he's one of my favorite coworkers. He's funny as shit. We're always over it. Like certain customers come in, or certain coworkers, we're like on the same page with the side eyes. Just mm, I can tell. <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, so we met up and then he brought um, his roommate Sham and she provided a lot of um, insight and everything um, unfortunately Sham's not a part of the show anymore because she's um, there. we're all really busy yeah. so it's not like battle of who's busiest but she just made the um, she's trying to break she's an actress um, they both go to um, New York Film Academy for acting wow. um, she's trying to move into script writing though so she's working on her own short film so look well, out go, for that for go sure. her yeah, we still love and support her and everything, but she, you know, made the responsible decision to step down so she, you know, could really be committed to her craft. And mm-hmm. that's p- perfectly fine. But basically, we just get together and talk shit. We don't really have a format yet. It's very random. Um, we started off our first episode. We got together to film episode, but it was just too fucking random. So we just made it as a teaser. 
Then the next episode, we talked about like politics a little bit. And it got you gonna see me. I get real black. Like yeah, really <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really black show. Like my coworkers all the time, I talk about it because it's like my only light at the end of the tunnel. Because I just go to work all day, and then I'm like, oh, we about to we about to film. It's lit. <laughs> so I talk about it at work when they want to see it. I'm like, nah, you, you, we're not gonna be cool at work if you watch. It. But, um, <laughs> but it's 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 every, it's a little bit of everything. I love music. I if I weren't in radio, I would be pursuing a musical career in some aspect or vein. I don't know what. But and maybe who knows? It might come. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a rapper. I'm not a rapper. I'm not gonna do all that. But um, I love music, so that's something that I'm. That's definitely gonna be incorporated into the show. I love talking about everything celebrity gossip. I like to talk politics. I like to talk um, life and stuff like that. I don't have enough knowledge or wisdom on this earth to give advice. I feel I don't feel like I'll ever be that position. Mm-hmm. But um, and then Sean, he brings. But this is really weird. Sean says he doesn't listen to music. So that is a little strange. Yeah. That's very weird. I'm, I don't know how to survive without music. Yeah, what? What the hell? Um, and he's um, he likes style and fashion and stuff like that. He's trying to break into being. He also he's an actor, but he's also trying to break into modeling. Mm-hmm. Um, he's from New York too, so he has a very eccentric style. He's like thrift shop goat. Like he's raw as hell. <laughs> his style. I admire him very much for that. And when Sham was a part of it, we're gonna incorporate beauty and makeup. She has her own cosmetic line coming out. Oh wow. Um, mother, her mother and her design a weave line. So like she she popping. You are real. surrounded by a whole Actually, bunch of go getters. Yeah. And you gotta you you know what? You can never be stuck in one lane. At at first I figured that I was just doing way too much because I like to be in radio. I love to be on T V. I like to write. I have my own website. I was blogging for a little bit. I have the technical experience to edit and produce and mix and master music and all that kind of stuff. I'm musically inclined i could manage an artist if i want to i know a few um okay <laughs> but i'm just going for it one at it and that's not the two mile horn now nah, i'm just saying yo time, no go ahead do that time, shit though, girl yes, go it, ahead yes, it is, yes. so, but <laughs> we're just all doing a bunch of shit and we're just trying to figure it out that's like so it's really random i don't know if that'll turn anybody off but also i mean that's not the show for you if it, you just don't <sighs> you, i'm all over the place i talk about all kinds of stuff so we're trying to figure out a format it's mainly going to be like pop culture those one thing I could deduce it down to, but it's a bunch of random stuff. It's hella fun. Mm-hmm. I vibe with them very well. I'm excited to continue on with Sean. Um, yeah, it does look and, like you guys have a ton yeah. of fun. And what I like the most, um, the fact that it is no filter, which means it's going to be as honest as you can be, <laughs> but also yes. your fucking hair be popping. Courtney, yo, I was girl, like, yo, when you wore that hat, I was like, oh, no, she did. Just come and stunt on this fucking episode. Let me I take 20 seconds. naps in check, girl. Let me tell. Girl, I was like, yo, she is working <laughs> this shit. Yo, yeah. So I'm really, I'm really proud of you, yo. I don't really, like, you know, we're not, like, close or anything, but just, like, watching from the moment, like, you know, we, like, hit, or you hit me up on Instagram, we've been talking and stuff, and just, like, seeing you progress. Because I remember you were, like, kind of just still figuring things out, and the fact that you started, like, you're starting something. And it's just, like, yes. I think that's lit and dope as fuck. So that's why I wanted you on here. And um, yeah, so let's go ahead and get into what to love a black woman. Um, so this is where you, Courtney, the guest, you can say what you love. Uh, or did you want to say anything else about like moving to L.A. or anything that you've been experiencing before we go into that? Um, I don't know. Another thing is I'm just trying to get out more. <laughs> like I said, I work a lot. My mom is going to come and visit me for Mother's Day in about a week. Uh-huh. And like, she's going to be hella touristy and I'm also going to be a tourist. It's kind of embarrassing. No, it's not, but, girl. Just enjoy that little moment because after yes. that, it's going to be annoying. 
Yeah, she's from LA. Like she grew up here. Oh, okay. But, Why would she be touristy? Yeah. She go well. She want to take you to the good spots. Well, Did is she from LA? She's not, she not in like North Hollywood and Burbank like I am. She's not in like you know the young busybody scene. Like she knows like where the good taco spots at. You know. Yeah. She know where to get some good Jamaican food. Like she she knows she know the spots. So I don't know. That's one thing I'm looking forward to is just getting out more. But like I said, I'm just it's summer I'm still though. New. I'm still new. Yes. Well, it's coming. It's almost summer. Thighs out, thighs out. (laughs) Or (laughs) sun's out, buns out, whichever you prefer. (laughs) But I was going to say, yeah, yeah, so let's go ahead and go into To Love a Black Woman. Um, So this is where you you can say something that you love about yourself, someone that you love about um, a specific black woman, like your mom, sister, cousin, auntie, or you can say something that you love about black women in general. You're on. I can't. I'm not even going to, like, I'm not even going to just say one thing. I'm not going to lie to you. Um... I love my hair. I love my skin. Ugh. People ask me all the time, like, what do you use on your skin? Like, what makeup, what foundation are you wearing? Girl, nothing. I just drink <laughs> hella water and the shit be popping. Thank God. Um, I love my hair. I love when I wash it and it gets real, you know, when it's wet, you be having some hang time. You can see your curls all defined. Mm-hmm. But then when it dries up, it be all tight. You can't get through that shit. But I still love it because you can stretch it out. You can twist it up. Braid it up, sew it up, weave it up, get a wig, crochet. I love being black. I love it so much. It's a beautiful thing. I wouldn't want to be nobody else but a black woman. We're incredibly strong. We like we like to like downplay ourselves, but we're strong as hell. It takes a lot to not go off on customers. I'm proud of myself about that. Yes. Um, Congrats, yo! I'm, I'm yeah. proud, yo! I did not. It's I failed out here in New York. I fucking failed, yo! I went off. Cause, look, <laughs> look. I be trying. I be trying. But yeah. I don't know. I just love us. We're resilient. We bounce back. We're multifaceted. We could twerk. We be be at church. And we, be, <laughs> and we, be knowing, we be knowing what's going on in the politics. We right. know every, we know all the music, old and new. We know all the dance moves. You know, we just popping. Yeah, I love that answer. Woman. Yes, yes, yes. We are the ones. We are yes. the light. Yes, we are God. all of that. Um, but, Courtney, what is all your, like, uh, social media and stuff? Where can people find, like, you and No Filter and all that? I'm online mostly at Courtney R-E, K-O, Courtney with a K, K-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y-A-R-I. You know on Instagram when you have to, like, put all the underscores and stuff because your name is taken. Yeah. But if you still search Courtney R-E, you will find me. I got my hashtag. I'm trying to, you know keep up my work on there and no filter online on twitter and instagram is at no filter the show no underscores no periods no nothing i did get that username on youtube i don't have enough subscribers yet so i hope everyone subscribes so i can create a custom url but you can find it um with a little shorthand link it's bit.ly slash no filter the show okay um also i have a website which i have not really posted on and i'm wasting money to squarespace every month it's courtneyre.com you can see all my past interviews with musicians and artists on there i was blogging a little bit and posting about the news you can check on there that's what most of the stuff is (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much courtney for giving your insight on everything that you're doing i really do appreciate you you. (laughs) and thank you for for chasing your dreams girl because you you showing the world that we can do this shit no matter where you come from like we can make anything happen ain't nothing to it but to do it (laughs) word all right y'all so my next guest is my dope ass roommate nancy (laughs) how are you i'm good what's up what's up what's up so nancy y'all nancy is from sudan 
She yes. moved from Sudan to Maine, and now she's here in Brooklyn with me. What's up, <laughs> BK? <laughs> All day. Well, let's uh, let's hear about the journey. So let's start from Sudan. So what brought sure. you to Maine from Sudan? So I moved to America in 2001. Mm-hmm. My family basically was trying to escape the civil war that was going on, which mm-hmm. is still going on today, but um, it was much more drastic back then. So they basically just wanted to ship us back, you know, to a safer place. So mm-hmm. we got into Maine. Um, we actually stayed in New York for one night from when my mom told me. Uh-huh. Um, I can't remember that much because I was only like five years old. Uh-huh. So we stayed in New York for like one night and then we flew to Maine, which is where we created a life for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's where it all began. So that's like kind of like a second home. Yes. So now you moved away from that second home here. So what brought you to New York? Like, why did you move to New York City? Um, It's always been my dream to live here because there's just so many opportunities here and there's so many characters. And mm-hmm. that's what I, I find really interesting about New York. You can find different people from all different walks of life right all in one place it's just i don't know (laughs) but um i'm a theater major um that's where my background is i love acting and Mm -hmm. i feel like there's just a better opportunity here to grow Mm -hmm. within my field than there was in maine maine is a little bit whitewash if i want to say just straight up yeah yeah. um so there isn't an opportunity for a black woman like like myself Mm -hmm. to be successful in my field so that what that's what brought me here Okay, and what was it like preparing to come to New York? Like, how did you decide, like, you know what, I'm moving to New York, and, like, why New York of all places? The funny thing is I had had the plan to to move to New York after I graduated, Mm -hmm. um, my undergraduate, but there's just so many crazy things happening in my university, Um, a lot of racial tension and uh, um, just a lot of, like, hate going on, and I just was not comfortable anymore. So I was like, you know what? Let me take a risk and just move at the end of this year. Yeah. So well, you don't have to um, say why because I already asked that. Sorry, I didn't realize that. No, it's okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I took the risk and I just said, you know what? Let me save some money this past summer um, in 2016. And then I was like, okay, in the fall, I'll move out to New York. And I did it. And my mom was very skeptical, but, you know, she's doing – she's she's being supportive the best way she can as a mm-hmm. mom. So. And what was your experience like when you first moved to New York? It was it was interesting. Um, I knew I was in a different place for yeah. sure because New York is a hell of a lot different than Maine. Yeah. Um, there's a lot more diversity, of course, um, and just the scenery is very different. Especially in Brooklyn, it's not like Manhattan or the other boroughs. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in Brooklyn when you're in Brooklyn. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, Shout out to Brooklyn. But it definitely <laughs> has now become like a third home now because <laughs> I feel like I have just so many different homes. But yeah, I would I would like to stay in Brooklyn for my rest of my time here in New York. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when you were in Maine and, like, basically kind of, like, mentally preparing to move here. Yeah. Like, kind of like me, like I said before, um, when I moved here, I had all these expectations. Like, I had a plan, and I was like, this is going to happen when I go to New York. Boom, boom, bow. I'll be back home in this time and no mm-hmm. time. So, y- I'm pretty sure you had expectations as well. And then you arrived, and then reality kicked in. So, like, what were your expectations, and what were the reality when you first came to New York? Well, when like, I... And when it comes to, like, finding a home and just getting right. situated, just whole life in general. I had a pretty rough start um, in terms of finding a home because um, obviously you can't move to New York without finding a home first. Mm-hmm. That just is not going to work out. So I had a family member who was living out here for five years. Um, so we made the plan to move in together. And it was just like a series of being denied because of our lack of credit history because mm-hmm. we're young people. We don't have credit yet. So 
finding a place was very difficult for us. But we finally found we finally found a two bedroom that was within our budget, mm-hmm. and we were like, "Yes, let's go for it." So I literally moved moved to New York that weekend that I had found out from my family member mm-hmm. that she had found that place. So I came and we met up at the place. So we had found out that the owner was going to be living there with us. So that's not how it was explained to us in the beginning mm-hmm. of the situation. Wait, so, so it was a two-bedroom and the owner was going to be like in one of the rooms? And the owner was going to be sleeping in the living room. <laughs> so basically we were sharing an apartment with like a 68-year-old man. So as you can imagine, it was a very difficult time. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to understand how we got into the situation because we were told a whole different story. Mm-hmm. And but then again, when I look back at it, we have responsibility in the two because we shouldn't have been that naive. And obviously, me coming from Maine, I was living under my mom's roof, mm-hmm. so I had never owned my own place, never rented before. So this is all like a learning experience, and I think that's the beauty of of moving somewhere mm-hmm. so young that you really realize how what it takes to to be an adult out here, especially in New York. Finding mm-hmm. a place is not easy, so we took the first chance that we could get. Um, but I'm always going to look back at it as like my first stepping stone into being introduced to the New York world. Mm-hmm. And after that point, finally, I moved out um, again. And I f- now here with this situation of being with some <laughs> dope ass roommate. So <laughs> everything progressed how it was supposed to be. And I, I take it as a, a learning lesson. I don't have any regrets or anything like that because that's just how it is. That's dope. What are your plans, though, like now that you're here in New York? Because I know you just don't want to get a regular job and stuff. No. Like you came here to conquer some shit. So what is For it? For sure, my my ultimate goal is to just go on auditions and mm. try my hand and see if I actually for acting for acting and see if I'm actually gonna make it out here in this market. I mean, there's so many dope black women out there doing what I do. Mm-hmm. So my thing is that I ask myself, what is different about Nancy? What is it that I can bring to the table? Because like when I was younger. Yeah, I was I was praised, but I was in high school. I yeah. was in college. I was in middle school. Now this is the real, real deal world where you're going to be going against people that are just as good as you or even not better. Mm-hmm. So I need to progress in myself. Um, so my goal is to go on auditions, see where that gets me, um, and ultimately, like maybe in a couple of years, actually be involved in a real movie production mm-hmm. and have a, if not... If not a leading role, that might be a little bit, you know, of a reach, but <laughs> to have some type of speaking role. Right. Because I've done extra positions before, but I really want a speaking role. Mm-hmm. That's the ultimate goal. And um, get more coins. And good coins, of course. Doing what I love to do. Right. Because I don't want to be working on 9 to 5. That's mm-hmm. not what I came here for. And that I feel like that shouldn't be the mentality if you move to New York. You should want to be on your grind mm-hmm. to get... You know, to get to that level of like, shit, I'm actually making money of what, what I want to do, you know? Yeah, but you still got to pay bills and right. why you chase your dreams. So what was it like for the job search when you came to New York? Um, So my first job was working at a restaurant. And I feel like I'm literally living that life of like a girl from a small town and then like moving <laughs> to the New big York. City. <laughs> yeah, it seems fitting that my first job was a restaurant. And I definitely learned a lot from working but how, there. But how did you get it? What, like how long did it take? And stuff? It, what was it the didn't take too long. Um, I had... I had been searching for a job when I came here. Um, I had some savings, so that kind of supported me for the first couple weeks being in New York. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have a job for, like, the first three weeks. I was going in and out trying to search for places. But then I finally walked into this restaurant, and I was like, hey, are you guys looking for a cashier? Because I've done, I've done like, cash handling jobs before, so I'm very well adapt to that mm-hmm. so i was like this is my resume like this is what i can offer you um do you guys have a position open 
and um, I spoke to one of the managers, and we got along great. We connected in the fact that his husband is um, in the acting world, mm-hmm. and I told him where I wanted to be in my career as well. So we bonded, and he offered me a job. So that was the first job that I really did here in New York, and I learned a lot of lessons there. I mean, working in a restaurant is not easy. It's yeah. tough. <laughs> it definitely shows you like what your limits are with human beings <laughs> and in customer service, you mm-hmm. know? But obviously, that's not what I wanted to do. So now I have a new opportunity to work with kids, which is great. Um, but obviously, this is going to be just for, you know, paying bills. You right. Know? But it's not going to be like a full-time thing. I, my full-time job is going to be being an actor. Mm-hmm. And if I can get to that point this year, that would be great. If not, you know, I'm gonna still going to continue. Yeah. yeah. How long have you been here? been here since October, this uh, past October. So now that you've been here since October and you've experienced it, you got, you know, you got work and you know what New York will, like, you experienced a taste of New York so far. Right. What would you go back and tell Nancy in October before moving to New York to prepare yourself now that you know what you know? To be honest, I think it's, it's such a cliche to be like, oh, I wouldn't tell, I wouldn't tell myself to do anything different. Because I always think that everything happens for a reason. Uh-huh. And I and I love the fact that I did take the risk and I jumped into it without even thinking about mm-hmm. where I was going to live, what I was going to do, you know? I wasn't thinking about it in a way that was very, you know, constructed and, and very, like, analytical. Mm-hmm. I'm always a person that likes to move with motion, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, to move with motion, not, feel not, like, understand things, but just, like, feel it out. But I will say, take it with a grain of salt. Because I was thrown a lot of, like, bullshit mm-hmm. when I was here in the beginning. So I Let's would t- tell like myself, Let, tell a story uh, <laughs> of some bullshit that happened. Let's hear it. So I, I do have a story of <laughs> <laughs> when uh, my true inner kid came out and I was eager to get some money at the beginning when I first was moved here. Desperate out here. Yeah, like, yeah, I was I was desperate for money. Um, and I'm obviously this is my first time living out here by myself. So basically I went on Craigslist and I was looking for job opportunities before I had found the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically I saw an ad that was like, if you want to gain $3,000, hit me up. So I texted the number and I was like, hey, like I'm interested. I saw your ad on Craigslist. Like, um, how do I go about getting this money? Mm-hmm. So the person texted me back and he was like, OK, we can meet up somewhere and I will tell you the details in person. So I went and met up with him and he explained to me that what he needed from me was my debit card. And I was like, what do you mean you need my <laughs> debit card? That's not how it's supposed to work. Mm-hmm. So basically he was like, I need, I need your debit card and I'm going to deposit some money into your account. And the next day when it goes through, I will take half of it. So I was like, you know what? This just seems very sus. I'm going to say no for now. So I went back home and then the next day I was like, you know what? Shit, I actually need that money. And I was in a desperate, desperate position. So I called the number back and I was like, okay, give me an hour to go to the bank and I'm going to withdraw the money that's already in there because that's my money that I worked hard for. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want it to be messed up in any way. So I took out the money. So my account was basically at zero Mm -hmm. when I gave him my credit card, um, my debit card number and the actual physical card. So he basically went and deposited like 12 checks into my account. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw all of it go through in my online banking. So I was like, shit, I'm popping now. <laughs> like this money's actually coming through. And I was like, wait, this is actually real. Cause I had heard stories from my friends who did it and they were successful. Mm-hmm. They got the money. But then again, it wasn't as much of, um, it wasn't to this extent, like mm-hmm. 3000 is a lot of money, but there's like only like $500 that they oh, okay. had gone. So it was different. Um, so basically I saw it go through and I was like, you know what? 
let me scam this guy. If he want, <laughs> you know, l- let me actually take this to my control. So I had gotten my credit, my debit card, um, card back. So I went to the bank and I was going to withdraw all the money and not give him anything. Cause mm. I was like, you know what? I'm feeling a little bit selfish <laughs> and I'm feeling a little bit grimy. So I'm going to do it. So I went into the ATM in the bank and I put in my information. I got my card out and then it told me because of suspicious activities, you are not able to access your account. And I was like, hold up, like what's going on? So I spoke to one of the reps there at the bank and they were basically like, we have noticed some suspicious activity in your account. So we locked it. So you have no access to it. And, and I was asking, what do you mean? Like, and then the person told me that all the checks were fraudulent. When I tell you my head spun, like it was on a wheel. <laughs> basically, she told me that you would have to have paid all of that money if it was withdrawn. And I was like, what? But I didn't even deposit that money myself. So she started asking me questions and I got nervous. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't want to like criminalize myself. Like I didn't want to look like I did some, you know, Mm -hmm. stupid stuff, but I actually did. So she was like, "Um, we're going to do some investigation and we're going to return the checks from the bank that it was um, withdrawn from. And she basically told me that I had to pay the fees for every check that was taken back. Mm -hmm. It was 12 of them. So I owed them $144. I was crying. I was livid. I was irate. I was like, I literally played myself. And I didn't even want to put the blame on the scammer because it was my responsibility to take care of my account. Mm -hmm. So the woman, the rep, told me that I would never have to, like, I had to get my account shut down. And I wouldn't be able to make another account with Chase for like the next 10 years. Mm. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, does that mean that I can't open another bank account somewhere else? I, I just thought that I ruined my credit history. I didn't know what this meant in mm-hmm. the long run. You know, I was scared. Thankfully, at the beginning, when I first made the account with them, I had a deal for getting $350 mm-hmm. when I opened a savings and a checkings account. So I had that money to pay back the the fees for every check returned. Right. So in some way, it, there was a, a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, God came through for me, and I still end up getting more money, you know. Yeah. From that deal, so not as much as three thousand, but right, not <laughs> as much as three thousand, but I still got. I'm pretty something. sure you appreciate it <laughs> after yeah. all that. And um, it was definitely a learning lesson. Now I know that in New York, you gotta just look out for yourself because yeah. nobody ever offers you money like that without it being. Without there being something, you know, at the end. Without there being something for them. Right, right. And I got screwed over in this situation. But now I'm in a different place and I look back and I'm like, you know what? That was my learning lesson. Lesson learned. Yes. And my mom told me, like, it's not going to be easy out there by yourself. And now I know what she meant. <laughs> you're going to be desperate to do some stupid things and you're going to lose your 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 morale, you mm-hmm. know? And I... I've been raised to be a smart girl, but at that moment, I was so desperate. I wasn't thinking clearly. Now I know better. Mm -hmm. And now I'm, you know, doing better. In the words of Big Sean, you took an L, but now you bounce back. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I took the biggest L. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad, like, you you learned from it. And, you know, you're not going to do it again. And now you're warning everyone else. So, you guys, if you see a fucking Craigslist ad that's saying you get $3,000 in your account. Don't do it, my friends. Don't do it. Don't. Take it from me. (laughs) So, if there is, like, um, other, like, girls that want to be actresses or do, like, singing or Mm -hmm. whatever in small towns and they want to move to the big old, the big apple to chase the dream, like, what tips would you give them before moving here? I would say make sure that you're mentally prepared because I was mentally prepared to move out. Mm -hmm. I I got to a place where I was really sick and tired of living in Maine. Um, What do you, like... Uh, define mentally prepared like mentally prepared is like you are ready to grind for your okay. dream i was ready at that moment as young as i am i'm 21 you know mm-hmm. and i was 20 when i moved here so i had always known what i wanted to do with my life so 
even though I'm young, I know now what I really want to do. Mm-hmm. And I've been kind of, I've been leading up to this point for a while now, since I was maybe 10. Mm-hmm. So I had all those years that I, I've known what I wanted to do. So when you want to move out and chase your dream, like you got to be ready for it. You got to be ready for the disappointments, for the failure, and then also for the success of it. Mm-hmm. You got to be ready altogether mentally for it. And also be responsible you know, take care of yourself. Yes, yes. Say that one more time. Take care of yourself. <laughs> I mean, you're you only you're the only person that has your back. Right. You know, you and God and your mama. <laughs> I always say those are the, that's the holy trinity. Yeah. In my eyes. That's that's the fucking holy trinity. You, your God, and your mama. Yes. Those are the people that are gonna look out for you. So make sure you take care of yourself. Make sure you're responsible with your your finances, and also be responsible for your emotions, like. You got to be, I don't know, you got to just be in a place where you're ready to be attacked yeah. by so many you be, emotions. You got to be vulnerable. Yeah, you got to be able to be vulnerable, but in a way that you're not going to be broken. Because mm-hmm. I'm telling you, there's going to be days where you move out by yourself and you're going to be broken. You're going to be like, where's my mom? Where's my family? Like, you got to feel alone, basically. And I still get those feelings sometimes, but mm-hmm. now I feel like uh, I've just grown so much in these past couple months, just being out on my own. And it's so refreshing. And mm-hmm. I will say, like, my relationship with my mom has definitely got better because living under her roof for all those years, of course you're going to be butting heads. Right. And we're so similar. Like, my mom is my twin. Like, she's my spirit animal. Mm-hmm. I always say this. So me getting space from her really did help our relationship because, like, now I can call her and feel like I can talk to you as, like, an adult. Mm-hmm. But when I was under her roof, I always felt like a child. Even right. though I know in my head I'm very, like, I'm very mature for my age, I feel. And I feel like that's why I was able to make the decision of moving out. Mm Because you don't see many people moving out like this unless they're in school. Right. Unless they go out of state for school. But I'm actually, like, living in another state all on my own. Mm -hmm. Paying for my own bills, doing what I got to do. And you're doing amazing. You're doing amazing, girl. And I think I'm doing all right. You know, I'm surviving. And I feel like in life, you're not going to, I don't call it success, but I call it surviving. Right. I feel like if you're surviving, you did the job. You did the damn thing. I mean, and if you're still able to put that smile yeah, on your face, you're yeah. doing you're doing damn good. Yeah. So I always say, like, before you make that decision of wanting to move out and chase after your dream, be mentally prepared, be emotionally prepared and be responsible. Well said. Yeah. Well, now let's go into uh, to love a black woman, which yes. is our next segment. Um, I'm really excited because we had a lot of conversations. So I know you about to oh, just, yeah. like, say some dope uh, ass shit. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you don't know by now, to love a black woman is where Nancy will say something she um, either loves about herself, someone she loves about someone particular like mom cousin sister auntie friend or something that you love about black women in general you're on yes i think my favorite thing i love about being a black woman in general is our empathy i feel like as a black woman we go through hell more than any other person on this planet Mm -hmm. but we're still able to empathize with anybody else no matter what color you are no matter what age you are no matter what gender we are you know I feel like we have the capability to really be a mother to anybody. Mm-hmm. No matter if you're 12, 20, 30, 40, 50, we're always going to be there for you because we have that type of heart. We're so blessed mm-hmm. by God himself. We're so favored. I feel like even though we're treated like hell, we're still so divinely favored than anybody else in mm-hmm. this world because we have opportunities to grow within ourselves and we have opportunities to make things happen. And I feel like our heart is so designed for being uh, like empathetic to other people mm-hmm. that no matter what we go through at the end of the day, if we make somebody smile, we make somebody's day, that's all we need. Right. That's all we need. And I feel like that's definitely helped me in in terms of my career as well, like being a great actress. It's like I'm able to be empathetic to any type of character. No matter if you ask me to play somebody that's a whole different world beside me, mm-hmm. you know? 
I feel like we just have that capability to mold. Yes. Like, black women, we mold ourselves, and that's the beauty. Yes. Like, we can mold ourselves to anything. No matter, like, you know, what goes on in our personal lives, we're able to mold and grow. And also, like, glow. Hey! <laughs> and that sun is out, that? so. <laughs> <laughs> I see it bars. Yes, yes. So, Natty, uh, where can the people find you online and stuff? So, my Twitter handle is L-A underscore R-E-I-N-E underscore B-R-U-N-E. And then for Instagram, it's N-A-N-C underscore A-Y-Y-E. Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't judge me for that name. I made it in middle school, okay? <laughs> it's pretty lit. I like yes. it. <laughs> Thank I'm you so Facebook, much, girl. Just Nancy Umba. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing this, girl. You're so fucking Thank dope. Thank you. you girl. I mean, I live here with you, so we gonna definitely keep each other right, motivated. Right. But yeah, I appreciate you, girl. Thank you. I appreciate you. <laughs> Bye. All right, y'all. I hope you guys enjoy these uh, three dope-ass women and their stories because they are phenomenal. And I hope they inspire you just like they inspired me. Um, also, if you um, rock with avocado and honey, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share um, on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, whatever you listen to the podcast on. And also, don't forget, next Tuesday, May 9th, will be the premiere of Avocado and Honey Live. So go ahead and subscribe to Avocado and Honey on YouTube. As always, I do appreciate you all, and I'll Talk to y'all next week.